guys, it's Victoria here and welcome to the Motorsport Stories podcast. This is episode 3 of season 2, The Mille Miglia. Imagine yourself on a road trip through Italy starting in Brescia and then going to Rome. That sounds like a dream holiday, right? Well, then imagine doing this journey plus returning to Brescia, make it at 1500 kilometers or a thousand miles at such a high speed you don't see anything, all in around 10 hours. Well, today we will talk about a historic and legendary race that was just that, the Millimilia. First, we will give a brief overview on what this race was all about, the history of the race, how it actually came to an end, and then take a look at how the Millimilia still lives on even today. So we briefly talked about the Millimilia before in our episode from last season on the origins of motorsport, where it was mentioned as the true heir of the initial motor races that went from city to city or point to point. Just to clarify, Millimilia is Italian for a thousand miles, which of course describes the length of the race that was thousand miles or just over 1500 kilometers. The race typically started in Brescia and ended in Rome though there were also made some changes to the route from time to time during the 24 times the race was held in between 1927 and 1957. You know when you and your friends come up with some grandiose ideas, but then they just kind of fizzle out or no one takes them seriously. Now imagine you and your friends coming up with the idea of an epic road race through Italy. You follow through with the idea and it ends up becoming a historic race. This is kind of how Mille Miglia started. To be more specific, the Conte Aimomaggi, who along with his friends Giovanni Canestrini, Count Franco Mazzotti and Renzo Castagneto, were all from the town of Brescia in northern Italy, a town considered the birthplace of motorsport in Italy, came up with the idea. This came about when Milan, or Monza to be exact, started hosting the Italian Grand Prix in 1922. In order for Brescia to not be outshined by Monza because of this, this group of friends came up with the idea for Brescia to host an epic 1000 mile road race through Italy. This race was of course to start in Brescia, head to Rome and then back home to the birthplace of Italian motorsport, Brescia. And so the first race took place on March 26, 27 in 1927 and it quickly became popular with both drivers and fans. It has been estimated that every year around 5 million people would stand along the Italian road to watch the race. If you look up some video clips from the Mille Miglia races, you can actually see how people are standing on the roads way up until the cars were racing past them, just like in the Rally Group B days in the 1980s. For the very first race in 1927, there were 77 entrants. The person who got the honor of being the very first winner of the Mille Miglia was Fernando Minoya, and he completed this odyssey in 20 hours with an average speed of 48 miles per hour. Before the 1928 race, it had actually not even been certain if the Millimilia was supposed to be an annual event. But the man in power at the time in Italy, a certain Benito Mussolini, was so impressed with the event that he wanted it to be repeated. The 1928 race was won by Giuseppe Campari, who was not only a talented race driver, but also an excellent opera singer and who raced for Alfa Romeo. This was the first Millimilia victory for this Italian car make that would go on to be an integral part of the history of this race. 
the time the winner was able to complete the race was already two hours quicker than the previous year. The last race of the 1920s in 1929 actually took place in the same weekend as the Monaco Grand Prix, which meant that there were less participants than usual. However, Alfa Romeo still showed up with a high number of cars, so many in fact that 25% of all entrants were driving an Alfa Romeo. And as in the previous year, it would again be Campari who took the race victory. In 1929, a new tradition was started for this race. So the way the race functioned was that each car was sent off one by one at a certain time interval. But what was started in 1929 was that it was always the slowest cars that were sent off first. The 1930s would kick off an epic rivalry of two of the greats, not only of Milamilia, but also of the history of Italian motorsports, Tatio Novellari and Achille Vazzi. The two were also some of the biggest legends in the history of pre-Formula 1 Grand Prix racing. During the 1930s, the race would also have an ever-increasing number of drivers participating in the race, many of them even amateurs. In this first race of the 1930s, it would be Tazio Novellari who would end up grabbing the victory, as him and other Alfa Romeo drivers would take up the first four spots in the race. In the following year, 1931, the Wall Street crash would have a big effect on the Emilia when Daimler-Benz pulled out of the race. The company would, however, still help out one particularly talented German driver, Rudolf Caracciola, with equipment so he was still able to participate. Caracciola would actually go on to win the race as the first foreign driver, even racing in a foreign car. He would go on to be the only one of two foreign drivers to ever win the race, the second one being Sterling Moss, who won in 1955, something we will of course come back to later. This first foreign victory no doubt helped to give the race more of an international appeal. The 1932 race was won by Bacconi Boracini, with the 1933 again won by Nuvolari, who won this race by almost one hour. In 1934, Achille Varzi would take his first and only Millimilia victory after he Upon the assistance of Enzo Ferrari, who of course was still managing the motorsport team at Alfa Romeo at this point in time, as Ferrari as a car manufacturer was still not a thing, told Vasi that he should change his tires to stud tires to improve the traction. The 1935 race was again dominated by Alfa Romeo, and the winner getting the honor of winning this particular race was Carlo Maria Pintacura. In 1936, the world outside of racing again created problems for the Milamilia, when economic sanctions were imposed on Benito Mussolini's regime. This resulted in a fuel shortage throughout Italy, and therefore, of course, also affected the Milamilia. Somehow, the race was still able to go ahead and was won this time by Antonio Brivio. The 1937 race was again won by Pintacuda. A race where even the chauffeur of Mussolini participated in the race as a co-driver, sitting next to the driver giving him instructions along the way. In the 1938 race, a tragic accident happened when a car somersaulted and hit a crowd. 10 people were killed and 23 were seriously injured. This led the Italian government to immediately ban the race. A ban that would be imposed on the race until 1947, bar from an exception in 1940 where a special edition was held on a smaller circuit 
that was still a whopping 104 miles long, called the Grand Premier de Brescia and consisted of a route between the cities Brescia, Mantua and Cremona. This race would be nine laps long. Now we will take a big jump to 1947, where the Millimilia was finally formally reinstated. This race had actually been scheduled for April, but since it was post-war Europe, and the Fiat factory had some issues keeping up with the demand for the new 1100cc model that many drivers would be using in the race, the Millimilia was rescheduled to July. Additionally, the infrastructure in post-war Europe hadn't probably been rebuilt yet by 1947 and many bridges over the river Po that the race passed multiple times were still missing, so this edition of the race had to take a number of detours. By this time, there was also still a fuel and tire shortage, which meant that this resurgence of the race did not initially have as many participants as usual. However, both the fuel suppliers as well as Pirelli tires agreed to provide all participants with a tank of fuel as well as five new tires for free. This meant that the number of participants for this race managed to reach a respectable 245 cars. Though a surprisingly large proportion of the registered participants just took this opportunity as an advantage to leave the race early with a tank full of fuel as well as a new set of tires. This first edition of the Millimilia after the multi-year break would be won by Clemente Biondetti. Biondetti would also take race victory in the following 1948 race, a race where Nuvolati's Ferrari a team and make that was now its own thing by this time rather than a part of Alfa Romeo would fall apart piece by piece until he finally had to retire from the race in Villa Ospizio where he took refuge at a local church after this particularly strenuous race. For the last race in this decade in 1949 there were more than 300 cars entering. To keep track of all these cars, a new tradition was started where the starting time of the car would also become the number of the car that would be painting on the bonnet and doors for everyone to see. As in the past two years, it would again be Biondetti who won the race, a man who by this time was 51 years old. Coming to the 1950s, a decade that would unfortunately also be the last for the Millimilia. In the first race of the decade in 1950, the race actually had to be renamed, well, sort of. Normally each year, the official name of the race would also contain the edition number of the race, as this would have been the 17th edition of the race, and 17 is a number that in Italy is an unlucky number, on par with the number 13 in many countries, due to its resemblance in Roman numerals to the Latin Vixi, or I lived, or my life is over. Anyway, that was a bit of a roundabout way to say that the Millimilia in 1950 had the suffix Palacoppa Franco Mazzotti instead of the edition number. This year's race would be won by Gianno Mazzotto, who for the, this year's race had dressed up in a fancy double-breasted suit for the race as an advertisement for his family's textile business. In 1951, Alberto Ascari, who would later on also go on to win two Formula One World Championships, and as we will talk about later on, also won an edition of the Millimilia, had a tragic accident where a spectator was killed and Ascari himself had to retire from the race. The 1951 race was won by Luigi Villoresi, racing for Ferrari. In 1952, German manufacturers such as Porsche and Mercedes-Benz were again able to enter the Millimilia after the ban that was put on them by the International Motorsport Governing Body, 
the FIA was lifted after World War II. It would, however, not be any of these German manufacturers that would take the race victory this year. Instead, the honor went to Ferrari driver Giovanni Bracco, who was quite a character, with a love for alcoholic beverages almost as big as his love for racing. For 1953, the Millimilia became part of a new World Sports Car Championship that consists of six other races apart from the Millimilia, the Sebring 12 hours, the Le Mans 24 hours, the Spa Francorchamps 24 hours, the Nürburgring 1000 kilometers, the Tourist Trophy at Don Rod in Northern Ireland, and finally the Carrera Panamericana. The 1953 race would be won by Gianna Masotto, who also won the race back in 1950 and who actually suffered two small crashes along the way but somehow still managed to drag the car back to the finish line and even win. For the 1954 race we will return to Alberto Ascari who was back at the Millimilia after he had been acquitted of manslaughter after the fatal crash a few years earlier. After such an accident, it was always standard procedure in Italy that a manslaughter case was opened. Ascari had numerous technical issues along the way and was very tempted to quit the race. His team was however able to convince him to continue, which paid off as he would take this one and only Millimilia victory this year. For the 1954 Millimilia, that race extraordinarily passed through northern Italian city of Mantua, as this had been the birthplace of racing and Millimilia legend Tacci Nuvolari, who had died earlier that year. The 1955 Millimilia would become one of the most legendary editions of the race. Mercedes-Benz had decided to go big on this race and had multiple drivers, amongst them Sterling Moss, racing for them this year. Unlike all the Italian manufacturers, Mercedes-Benz didn't have the luxury of being close to the venue and for the drivers to get to know the route on an almost daily basis. Instead, the Mercedes-Benz drivers were sent to Italy multiple times in order to have driven the route at least five times ahead of the race. Sterling Moss had motorsport journalist Dennis Jenkinson on his side for the race in order to give him the directions based on the notes. The number given to him 7.22 was the same as the starting time at 7.22 in the morning, which is painted on the car in large numbers. This Mercedes-Benz 300 SLR would later be called the greatest car ever built by Sterling Moss himself. After some hard battles along the route with the Ferraris, Moss took the 1955 mm victory, having hit record speeds along the way. In this victory that would become probably the most legendary in the history of the Millimilia and by many experts named as the greatest racing performance of all time by the late Sir Sterling Moss who participated in this dangerous race multiple times. The penultimate race in the history of the Millimilia in 1956 was won by Ferrari's Eugenio Castellotti. This race was plagued by a high number of accidents and deaths that would only become overshadowed by the tragedies in the following 1957 race. The last race in the history of the Millimilia would be won by Piero Toruffi. However, this race would be remembered for the horrible accident that took place just 40 kilometers away from the finish line. Here the car of Alfonso di Portago had a tire explosion and became uncontrollable. The car hit a crowd on both di Portago his navigator Edmund Nelson, as well as 10 spectators, among them five children, were all killed as a result of this accident. 
Subsequently, three days later, the Italian government banned not only the Millimilia, but also motor racing on public roads in general. And so, the history of the Millimilia would come to an abrupt end. Despite the official history of the Millimilia ending in 1957, the legend of the race very much still lives on today. In 1977, the first Millimilia reenactment race took place on the original route in some of the cars used for the original event. Between 1977 and 1982, there was a few year long break, but since 1982, the event has been taking place either every year or every other year ever since. Even in 2020, the event was able to take place, though it was postponed until October. Though the speeds are much slower than the original versions of the race, the recent reenactments make an effort to keep the history of the race alive and show off the beautiful racing cars used in the original races to all of us racing fans that were not fortunate enough to be alive back when the original race was a thing. With how dangerous the original race was for both drivers and spectators, this new version of the race is probably the closest we will ever get to experience the original Millimilia. And again, considering the danger, maybe it's better for us all that it stays that way. Or you can always attempt a road trip along the route with all your mates. Just don't attempt to reinvent the millimilia while you're at it. Or to do it all in just over 10 hours, just like Sterling Moss did back in 1955. If you ever have any questions, some feedback, or would like to suggest a topic for the show, please feel free to leave a comment on the Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page, or send me an email. Contact information can be found in the show notes alongside any sources that might have been used for this episode. And please remember, if you like what you heard, please subscribe to the show and leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. And of course, spread the word, tell your friends about the show. Until next time, have a speedy day.